0: Welcome to the Commissioner Evaluation Show. McGlynn is in. I repeat, McGlynn is in. Let the fun begin. This is the Commissioner Evaluation Podcast with your host, John McGlynn. Was that
1: him? He got them guests on the Rolodex. Not- Everybody, yo, commission. is in. It's time to sit down to listen to John McGlynn. Yo, who we trading? Who we fading? Who we getting off the squad? Knowledge never overrated, playing for number one. And yo, McGlynn is in. It's time to let the fun begin. It's the
0: Commissioner Evaluation Podcast with John McGlynn. So there is my intro song to the John McGlynn Commissioner Evaluation Show. Welcome to the Commissioner Evaluation Show. I'm John McGlinn. You can find me on Twitter machine or the X machine at John McGlynn 75 Scott Fishbowl drafts in the rearview mirror. It's time to get on the horn and start sending those wake-up texts to your friends and family about dates for a redraft and your party. What you're going to eat there? All the good food and drinks. We'll talk about it today. We're we'll talk about some uh, improving some existing teams. Some commissioner questions sent in by listeners. We'll breeze through some NFL news and rumors. We'll review some trades that went down in the Mighty McGlynn Dynasty Home Leagues. Now, we'll evaluate a team at the end to see if it's a fix-me-upper or a tear-downer or, you know, what we're going to do with this team going on for the future. So, first of all, i got a good guest today. So, Bob, tell me about yourself, where the Twitter machine can find you, what you do in the fantasy football world makes people want to follow you, all that kind of stuff.
1: Uh, hey, John, thanks for having me on. Uh, I, everything is really easy at Football Die Hard on the new device, which is called X, also on Twitter, if it's still called that, also on threads, also on Instagram, also on the internet, uh, the worldwide web, footballdiehard.com is where you can find me if you have serious XM Fantasy Sports Radio. You can find me on, shockingly, the Football Die Hard's program. Uh, so check it out, Football Die Hard's YouTube channel as well. Subscribe, I'm there twice a week, uh, doing live streams uh, every Wednesday and Saturday most weeks. So
0: hit me up. Wendy joined in, said, "Oh snap, bestie!" And John, LOL. Very good, Wendy. Thanks for joining in on there on our show. Hey, Wendy. So, what is uh, what's what's weather like there down there in Texas? It's been like ninety-four degrees, ninety-two degrees, and like you know, the humidity is terrible up here in like Chicago area. It's like eighty-five percent humidity. What's it like there in Texas right now? it's super <laughs> hot. Here. I couldn't it's imagine. Super super hot.
1: Been over hundred most every day. I think it's uh, we're just here hitting noon Central Time. And it's uh, 97, humidity has been up 40, 50s, somewhere in that range. So it's been relatively miserable uh, and uh, and a little hotter than usual, but uh, not so bad inside where I'm working like about 97
0: hours yeah. a day. <laughs> That's, yeah, I, I like the wintertime much better. I can go out in a foot of snow and dress in layers, but in the summertime, you're dead in the water when it's hot outside. So That's a fact. You get it. Tell me about uh, the day in the life outside of the Twitter, you know, here, like all your XM shows, uh, music, family, pets, all that kind of stuff. What do you do, like, in your free time when you're not sitting at a desk doing this fantasy football stuff?
1: Um, I'm sitting at this desk pretty much every waking hour. Um, I'm actually standing most of the time. So uh, so sitting now just to be relaxed and calm for this program. Um, But I like to work standing up mostly. Um, Keeps me keeps me leaning in uh you know th- so it's it's interesting the nfl has kind of evolved over time i started doing this in 1993 started playing fantasy in 86 but in 1993 i started doing this kind of as a job and the job then was was uh <clears throat> was finding information The job now is no longer finding information thanks to twitter index and all those things that we have it's now you know filtering the information and, and trying to make sure the readers subscribers listeners viewers get the information that's that's most important to them and putting uh, the huge flow of data into context. And I mean, I think that's one of the, you know, one of the things you've seen with the rise of Twitter, the rise of instant reporting is, you know, you can see ADPs fluctuate in the moment, right? You can see things happen when Joe Burrow got hurt last Tuesday. Um, you can see he fell, you know, I, I was in a draft where he fell down below Lamar Jackson and, and Justin Fields, who are who he'd consistently be going ahead. So I think, you know, trying to help people, Uh, Understand and put into context, you know the the way this works. But it's it's a year-round job, so this has been pretty much a 365-day year job for me. I do take days off, but they're few and far between because the NFL has created a 365-day year reality show. It's good for their business. It's good for our business, but also to keep up with this stuff and like uh, you know to help people win titles. You, I want to be steeped in the subject, right? And so I want to be able to talk about anything at any given moment. I want to be giving the best information possible in the moment. Like, you know, we've been drafting. I don't know if you've been out there in the best rooms. I've been in there since February. Uh, I've done a lot of drafts and you know, you're drafting in the moment, you going with the information you have up to that minute, knowing that it's going to change going forward. But, but, but that's pretty much the, you know, the year round chase is being up to date, passing along the information that's pertinent, to, throughout the course of time. And then obviously it gets a little more intense as the season draws near and once the season begins, it gets super intense, but that's kind of it. That's, you know, I have a couple cats. cats. Uh, they are uh, my favorite things. There is a dog here in the house. That is very enjoyable. Uh, my fiance, who is also very enjoyable, uh, currently with some grandkids here. So having a great time. So, you know, it's kind of like, you know, work is the, work is the centerpiece of everything. And, uh, and, and there's a reason why work is play, right? So
0: I mean, it makes it a lot easier. Work is, I mean, work is play as you, I, you just, that's a great line. is because all of my free time I'm, I'm redoing Jeff charts. I'm re, I'm analyzing where people moved up and down on, on, in everybody else's rankings. see what's going on. I'm constantly in the news. I mean, you know, I'm in, I was a redraft before now I'm all dynasty. I'm in a Debbie now, just so I, I do better in my rookie drafts. So, you know, it, it's, it's, I run eight home leagues in the Chicago land area with a lot of, you know, with, with podcasters, writers, and, and, and people that are in the fantasy industry, they're all part of my league. So my leagues are very competitive uh, you know, I just, I love this. This is not a job for me. This is a hobby. I don't get paid on it. I don't work for anybody now, but this is just, I this is I do for fun. This is my hobby. I don't hunt. I don't fish. I do. I, I just love fantasy football. I played football. I coach football. I coach my kids playing football. This, there's nothing that can take me away from football or fantasy football. This is my, uh, I think most
1: of the things you like to do, you work with it. You know, like the cats yeah. hang out with me fiance hangs out with me i'm big big into music uh love music music can be a constant in the background i played music since i was a small child so uh big you know that's a big part of my life as well but uh but it's all uh, it, it tends to be a lot of things i can do while i'm working right so so that's you know as you're sitting here just kind of grinded away i mean like you said there's always something to do whether it's you know we're all adjusting our own rankings. We're all out there researching, following up on information, trying to make sure we have the best at any given moment. So, so it, it, it's a pretty. It, the, it's easy to get oversaturated.
0: Yes, it is. My that was my next question. What do you do to keep fresh on player news, trends, and values? But I think you already answered that question. Yeah. You know, we're. Uh, yeah. I think we all just. It's kind It's it's like a high. Like it's it's my version of, of like a high is like new information, new trends, new new, new rankings, new stuff like that. It's, I mean, it's. That's my high on life kind of thing. You know, I
1: think if you're doing this, you need to be steeped in the information. I use that word specifically for a reason. You need to be in it, right? You need to be like, if I'm going to go on the radio every day and talk to a, a nation of people about a subject, you know, just and number one, you know, I don't like to look like an idiot. It's hard not to, but I, I try not to, but also you're, you know, we're dealing with the best informed audience that you could find. Right. You're, you the, the people that we're dealing with. You're not fooling anybody ever. Right, if you don't know something, if you're faking something in the moment, everyone's going to know. So, uh, so you want to avoid that, and there's only one way to avoid that, and that's to to literally be soaking in the information constantly.
0: Absolutely. What is when you're soaking the information on Sunday afternoon, watching the red zone? What uh, do what do you? What do you uh, what's your favorite food when you're to shove down your mouth when you're watching these awesome games? And no I eat the popcorn team? while I'm watching the games. Popcorn, popcorn. I've never heard that before. Popcorn.
1: I'm a popcorn guy.
0: <laughs> every awesome. Sunday,
1: got it. Got so I do the pregame show on Sirius, and as soon as the uh games begin, I am heading for the couch. That is the time during the season when I do nothing but watch football, and uh, while I'm doing it, I eat popcorn.
0: Are you um, when you're on like how long does it take for you to like pull away from the red zone and start like go back to you? Because I, I, like, we just go to Mike Tagliere's house all the time, and he's my neighbor over here before he died, unfortunately, but we'd go to the as soon as the three o'clock games over, the noon games are over with at three o'clock, he'd go back to his desk he'd already start writing a primer. He'd already start doing all the other stuff like that. You know, he'd, always, he'd be like, it wouldn't, he couldn't enjoy the entire Sunday day. Like, like, mm-hmm. like I could, you know, or like most normal people can, you know, as far as in the industry, how long does it take for you to get the mm-hmm. inch to go back and start writing or start content? Or are you just on the couch all day long?
1: I'm on the couch, but I've got a couple laptops with me on the couch, so iPad with me on the couch, phone with me on the couch. And so I'm kind of making notes and keeping, you know, making contemporaneous things as the games go on things i'm observing things i want to look for uh when i'm going on and then and then mostly i i try to put it off because it is pretty intensive throughout the week so i try to put it off and enjoy a little bit of the games and uh, you. you know i think it's important to watch games obviously uh and so also you know when i'm watching then i start really getting serious i do a podcast first thing monday morning with my friend matt waldman and that kind of sets the tone and then i dive into the content and the first thing i do every week is i write a thousand words per team that is finished on Wednesday. So, you know, it's, it's a as task, right? It's that kind of yeah. huge, you know, we all have our big anchor piece and I do that. So I start working on that the middle of Monday and it has to be done Wednesday afternoon. So I put a lot of time and effort into that kind of round the clock. I have shows to do in, around and around it in between that. But I, you know, the funny thing about doing shows is you sit there and you consume all this information and you're kind of, Beginning to process it, just shows are a great way for me to really process the information. Talk it out with my co-host Mike Dempsey, talk it through with listeners, and uh, and it's a it's a good way to you know put a little perspective on what I'm what I've been consuming and what I've been learning, and I kind of formulate my thoughts. And you know, it, it works. Everything kind of fits hand in glove and, and works towards the same end. But Sundays, uh, I like to watch. So while I'm working on Mondays, I have the replays of the games going throughout because I think it's helpful to have. You know a little understanding of the ebb and flow of games it's it's easy to sit there and watch on red zone and see all the things you want to see and i'll usually have a couple games going at the same time on watching red zone but but to truly you know understand you know the, the nuances of some of the games it's good to, good to, to get the whole take so you so you can feel the you know why things develop the way they developed. i think it's a good idea
0: I love you said Matt Waldman. I love what all Matt Waldman stuff is absolutely awesome. I, he's one guy. I listen to like 50 podcasts, but I, you know, in my work, I, those are my, that's my version of hearing protection is pot, is, uh, yeah, earbuds. that's, that's yeah. how I start every week. Uh, every
1: Monday morning I do a podcast with Matt Waldman. So, yeah. uh, and so, uh, and Matt's one of my closest friends in and out of the industry. So, uh, great getting a chance to work with him, have been dealing with him for many years and hopefully many more.
0: Outstanding Toronto Dave. Thanks for chiming in. Thanks for watching. All right, let's get to some commissioner questions now. How many leagues do you commission?
1: Zero leagues. have no bandwidth for commissioning leagues. It's and even like early on when I was just starting out, I didn't commission a lot of leagues. I obviously I understand the role and, you know, have all my ideas and eager to put give input, but there are people who are there are people who are born to commission. It seems like to me. My co-host Mike Dempsey, great commissioner. Uh, of leagues so we have a guy that writes for the football diehards website reginald james who has really great thoughts and ideas love consuming his content by the way uh really entertaining stuff and and like i'm kind of drama averse i mean i have enough drama in the day-to-day work you know there's people like antonio brown floating around out there there's enough to keep you you know (laughs) the tmz portion of our job is enough drama for me so the commissioning uh, i'd rather leave it someone else's hands if at all possible
0: What's your favorite league to play in as far as like the ones that are established right now? The do, uh, do you have lineup setting leagues or are you are pretty much all best ball?
1: Um, I'm in tons of best ball, but I have probably 30 redrafts and dynasty leagues that I play in each year,
0: year as well. I, so, heard, I heard us on a Kevin Murray show the other day. Out of all, out of all the leagues you're doing, like, what is uh, You got to spill some of the, spill the beans on some of these players that are in your leagues because I heard like Duff McKagan or something like that from Guns N' Roses and oh, all these guys. So, and like, uh, like i
1: like, I do cover the Alex Chase League. I'm not playing in that one but I do cover it every year I you know we've been doing it remotely but a great group of player people in that league and they're really into it Doug McKagan is one of them who I've had the pleasure of you know we all get together or prior to covid all got together at Jerry Cantrell's house from Allison Chains and uh, we would broadcast from right next to the draft table and it's usually a great assortment of people. Mike Inez also from Allison Chains is in there. Past player Scottie in from Anthrax. I'm a big metal fan, so yes. that's a big deal to me. A lot of wrestlers from The Miz has been in there, you know, and always talking smack. Uh, Jeff Garland, Michael Rappaport, the usual assortment of actors and, and folks in there. So <clears throat> there's no shortage of, uh, you know, no shortage of cool stories from all those things. Um, and also, in like a number of the drafts out there, I'm in various leagues with, you know, Mike Inez is in a couple of leagues with me. But the usual assortment of wrestlers every time, you know, I'm in a lot of leagues with Michael Fabiano runs. So there's a lot of wrestlers in those leagues. Um, the Miz being first and foremost, super competitive, uh, but others as well. Uh, Eric Young playing a lot of leagues with, too. Um, so and, and of course, just being in a lot of industry drafts, tons of industry people, everyone, everyone, you know, is in leagues. I'm in leagues with yeah, I'm awesome. in leagues with me. I mean, <laughs> so like, the, you know, just even the, you know, the, just some of the, you know, the, like the Kings classic, or, you know, I mean, you think about that league, you got Jim Coventry Curtis, Patrick, Brad Evans, Jeff Rackliff, Andy Barron's Mike Clay, Don Sitter, you know, Dave Richard, Pat 30, uh, Howard Bender is in many of those leagues. Brian Drake's moving in Jody Smith coming into that league this year uh, in some, in a dynasty league, you know, it's a super hard dice league. Scott Barrett from Fantasy Points. It's the SFB Invitational. Scott Barrett Invitational. Uh, you know, it's Graham Barfield's in it, Davis Maddock, Jeff Collins, Evan Silva, Rich Rebar, Pat Thorman, Matthew Berry. Uh, it's, you know, some of those are crazy. Mike Clay has a league with me, Mike, Peter shanky the Savage Brothers, Jairus Mola, Matt Schaff, JJ Zachary, and Scott Pianowski. I mean, uh, Jeff Ratcliffe. Somewhere along the way, I'm playing with just about everybody.
0: <laughs> that's a, a handful of those guys I'm in home leagues with around here. So the Pat Morris and the, those yep. guys, you know, Pat was just, just
1: on my show last night. Love yes. Pat. Yeah,
0: that's love Pat. I got a couple of commission questions. Just answer the best you can as far as things that you see. You know, as for uh, one's from Nate Powell, Nate Powell FF. Uh, you, I have a league format that requires being extremely active from April to June. How do I get less active but not inactive people to quit? Lots of auctions and people with no money that just don't participate when they don't have any money left in the auction. How do you get those people to kind of say, hey, you know, I want to get somebody who's active all the time. What do you, what would you do? I would ask them. I would tell them. I would tell them exactly that. Look, man, you're not active enough.
1: I'm looking for more active people. Would you please go away? I mean, and th- you know, that doesn't mean they'll say yes, but I mean, it's a good starting point, right? Like if nothing else, you're telling them, please be more active, right? And, and maybe, maybe that spurs them to be more active. Maybe it doesn't. And at some point you have to take more assertive or aggressive action. Uh, but, I mean, if that's what you want, I mean, if if your desire is that, I, I don't see any need to, to sugarcoat it or anything. Say, hey, we, we want to be a little more focused in this league and, and have a little more activity. And, and look, it's just not your lane. Why don't you uh, step aside and let someone
0: in here who is more interested? Yeah, some people dump their fab on purpose so they don't have to be right. active in the offseason and stuff like that. It's like, hey, man, if you don't want to do this, you don't want to be involved in fab, join a league that doesn't do this kind of stuff, and I'll find someone who does. That's fine. Exactly. That's kind of what I was thinking. So, uh, Jason Annie from a Facebook uh, commissioner's group. What do you do if you if you have if you have the contract contract you know contract from a fourteen to a twelve the team format but the auction for the assets remaining but how do you make it fair for all twelve teams when some people have bigger auction budgets you start with a brand new auction budget as far as what's left in your as your your original uh, budget fab budget. I think that's the answer. It's a unique circumstance, right? So
1: I would say, hey, we're gonna we're gonna contract. Here is a budget for the contraction draft or for the contraction auction, and these players are gonna be available. And you have X amount of money aside from your Fab budget to work with. I think that's a fair way to do it.
0: Yeah, it's it's uh, starting brand new, just like having right. a rookie draft. Fair advantage, like, right?
1: Everyone everyone has the same starting point.
0: No one has an advantage. No one's at a no one's at a loss. So I think that's the
1: definitely the way
0: to go. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, this isn't one of my groups because we did a uh, startup, just kind of a friends and family thing. It's a third round reversal draft. An unfair advantage for the number twelve. Maybe, <laughs> maybe
1: I uh, said so the guy who enjoyed it as the 11th pick in the Scott fishbowl uh, felt really good about that third round reversal. I mean, there's something to be, I'm not against it. I do you know, I think it's, I, 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 do think it's an advantage though. I mean, I, I, I feel like it's an advantage. Maybe it's not on the whole, I don't know. I haven't done a huge study of it. It feels like I'm, I'm making out when I get the third round reversal though. And I like to draft at the tail end of drafts in general, yes. prefer to be 11, 12, myself, 10. Okay. Uh, but the later the better and so uh, and so the third round reversal tends to work in my favor when it happens if if i get my way
0: yeah you got three picks in the top 25 i take the yep. number 12 in a scott fishbowl every year for that reason yep, on purpose, i take so. the
1: 11 i take the
0: 11 yeah. <laughs> all right uh, auction is fair but not for everyone what advice would you give to someone who wants to keep adding all new wrinkles in their league? Like, you know, uh, super flex, tight end premium point per first down point per attempt. You know, I usually tell everybody just stay in their lane, but like, what do you, what do you say to people like who would try this stuff every year? Not, not maybe just try to force down people's throats or, you know, try to make your league up, you know, the, 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 new, most popular league kind of thing. What would you say to someone who started, who was in the league as a commissioner and trying to do all that kind of stuff?
1: Read the room, you know, who you're playing with, you know, if you want to have that kind of league where you know, you're in bringing in new ideas. So, I mean, that's one of the things I love about the Scott Fishbowl is it's kind of the testing ground for all kinds of bizarre scoring things that that a lot of which end up getting adopted into many, many leagues. So uh, there are leagues I'm in with people who, no, don't want to change a damn thing. I still want to play standard scoring, touchdowns only, whatever, you know. Uh, so, I mean, you have to read the room and understand who you're playing with. And, and maybe if you want to get in that kind of league and you're not in that kind of league, you might have to start another league.
0: Yeah, right. Exactly. All right. Cool. Thanks a lot. Let's jump. This is my version of NFL news and rumors. Uh, You know, I don't want to just read what's on the news flash. So I go through every team real fast, quick answers, just kind of go through and tell me yes or no. And why you think uh, this may be the the situation? We'll start with the bears. How long until Roshan Johnson is a true booth three third down, three down workhorse in this offense. I don't think it's going to happen this year.
1: I, I, you know, I, I'm investing as if it's possible. I do have some shares. I'm investing more in Herbert right now. Yanta Foreman. I was early on. I, As a general rule, I want to go for the cheapest piece, and Johnson is it. But, you know, just have heard a little talk that, you know, maybe his special team's, you know, value is part of the reason they drafted him. I think eventually he looks like to be the guy, but I think based on what I heard last year, coaches really seem to like Khalil Herbert. We'll see if that carries over. That's the piece that I think is the most likely to hold up if he's
0: healthy. Yeah, just I I love Roshan. I just feel like he he's between the tackle size. Yep, He can catch the ball in the backfield. He pass blocks well. He can do everything these guys can. Yep. So I, you know, but they're all all three. The other two guys in the, on the on the <laughs> on the roster are also very good running backs. So, I think yeah, it's more I mean, like a next
1: year thing for him. It's just sure. the vibe I'm getting right now. And honestly, it's running back. So we all know what happens at running back. Things change and. Uh, in the blink of an eye. And I think he is. Everything you said is true. He's more than capable. I just think it's going to be a case of opportunities. I wonder when that's going to come.
0: Sure. Bengals, is Joe Mixon the biggest beneficiary of of Joe Burrow possibly being hobbled this season? No, people drafting Joe Burrow
1: are the biggest beneficiary of Joe Burrow being hobbled. You're getting him at a discount, and he's going to be fine. He's missed the last two preseasons. Hasn't hurt his production on the field in the regular season. I wouldn't shy off of him. I, You know, Mixon is a weird thing. I think the, the price is going back up now that we have some certainty. But you look at last year. Most of his value came off one game, right one against bill. Carolina, right. Yeah. So, so I have concerns there, but I do think you know a solid workload. And if he if he's as involved in the passing attack as he was last year, I don't think you can argue against him. But I don't think anyone benefits from this injury because I don't think it's going to be. I don't think we'll be talking about it the second week of September.
0: Bills is Dawson Knox underrated post post uh, the Kincaid ad? No, he's perfectly
1: rated. I mean, you know, if he if he catches 40 passes and, you know, gets five touchdowns, that seems like a, a, that seems like the high end to me.
0: Yeah, I just feel like Kincaid's going to be forced in the slot role here. And then yep. Dawson's just going to be wide open, you know, trying to in the middle of the field. And, you know, he caught a lot of passes from Allen last year. So I, I'm, I'm I think, kind of I,
1: – I think the problem there is, it, is it's going to be a, you know, whack-a-mole kind of situation. Like, you know, some teams are. It's Stephon Diggs and these other guys. Right. I know Waldman is huge on Kincaid. He thinks by the end of the year he's going to have a massive role. We'll see about that. But I just think, you know, it's hard to it's hard to get I, I think they're all super viable for, for best ball, but in, in season long, I have reservations just because it seems like a little bit hit or miss.
0: Okay. Broncos by season's end, Javante Williams will have double the receptions of Samaj P. Ryan. No. True. No.
1: No. He'll like I feel do you feel like maybe 40, 30, something like, you know, 40 in the 40 catch range for Williams, if, assuming all goes well and maybe 30 for P Ryan, maybe seems like mm-hmm. about right. I don't know.
0: I have a little more, uh, the way I ask that, because I, I love Javante Williams, I, and I think by the end of the year, he'll be on the field a lot more than P. Ryan. They're, they're probably bringing somebody else in there to be the early down back, you know, kind of thing. But I think Javante will take over later, you know, halfway through the season as, as he pass catching back also. I like P. Ryan, don't get me wrong, but uh, Javante's just a more talented player. Uh, Browns, Elijah Moore is a red-hot name trending on Twitter right now. How do you think in performance in this, in this offense? I hope he I hope
1: he comes on super strong. Again, this is a case where I don't know that I'm you know digging deep in that deep in the offense. i'm I'm staying on the surface, Chubb, Cooper, and uh, joku as the, as the primary weapons. But if you want to dig a little deeper on there, you know, I think you know it's Moore and it's Jerome Ford, obviously you know, for the obvious reasons, he's next man up there. But I do think Moore is a player they're really excited about. He's a player we were really excited about for a brief period when he came into the Jets and the people who covered him, uh, when the, when he was with the jets were super high and he's a little more versatile i guess I think then the, the perception is he's just a slot guy. he can play outside equally well. so I think I think his his arrival signals an ultimate end to donovan people's Jones run in Cleveland uh probably next year uh, and uh, but more is to me is like maybe a wide receiver four or five candidate. Mm,
0: that low, huh? That's- yeah
1: I, I don't want him as a wide receiver three. I'll take him as a four and hope for the upside.
0: That's good. That's good. Uh, Buccaneers, would you rather have Rashad White in the six or, or Chase Edmonds in round twenty-five? Uh, you, you, this is like a trap. I
1: have always, <laughs> yeah, want, no. I always want the cheaper piece. Uh, but in this case, I'll probably, I'm probably taking White. Uh, I don't know how many times did the Buccaneers play the Giants. That seems to be Chase Edmonds' lane. It's like it's like there are certain teams like uh Boss and Scott playing the Giants. Chase Edmonds. Well, take that back on Chase Edmonds. When is he playing at MetLife Stadium? Right. I think his game, good games, came against the Giants and the Jets. So uh, it's two games. I, you know, I'm not going to get over enthusiastic about this, and we'll see if they sign somebody.
0: Yeah, right, right. Cardinals is Colt McCoy or Clayton Toon the answer at quarterback this year if Kyler is not ready for the season or doesn't play at all this season. I
1: mean. The easy answer is Colt McCoy, but you know you can't dismiss Clayton Toon at this point. Everyone I've talked to is saying is hedge using that same hedge, right? They all right. think it's going to be Colt McCoy, but he's very old, and you know they, they put all the caveats in, and and they do like Clayton Tune. I think this this feels like the NFL <clears throat> in full copycat mode. Somebody wants to find themselves a Brock Purdy. And uh, there's a handful of quarterbacks who are drafted and hopes they would turn it that. Clayton Tune is one of them. I don't know that he will be. I'm, my, uh, uh, you know, as I sit here now, I'm thinking it's probably going to be McCoy. And it sounds like Murray's pushing to get back sooner than I would have thought. And we'll see how that plays out.
0: Yeah, Chargers. If you're Justin Herbert, what's the first thing you buy with that hundred million upfront money? Um, uh, mm,
1: a better headband. He <laughs> just uses the string thing, right? I, I'm not a fan of that.
0: Oh, that sounds funny. Chiefs, will Sky Moore take his small school talents to the big stage this year within his powerful Patrick Mahomes led offense? He's in a good position to do it. Uh, if
1: I was betting on somebody to to emerge as a more consistent threat in this offense, it would be him. If I if I'm out there drafting, you know, for for upside, I don't know that it's going to be him. The, the, here's the thing about the Chiefs: they told us what they were doing when they moved on from Tyreek Hill. This team is built on Patrick Mahomes and and Travis Kelsey. And they're happy to catch his catch can yeah. at receiver. And whoever's open is going to get the football on any right. given play. And that's going to change from play to play.
0: Yeah. I just, I just it, Man, it's so hard to, to see. Like at some point in time, they're going to have to. Kelsey's not going to beat her anymore. They're going to have to morph right. into something else. You know, the, so I imagine they're going to have to say like, hey, guys, we got to start planning for the future. And we have to start getting somebody else involved or just more than just spread the ball around. But if that's what it is, it is what it is. So for now, for now is right. Colt, can AR-15 run this offense without JT? He'd run it better with. All (laughs) right. I mean,
1: with the most explosive piece of that offense, for sure. Um, I'll be, again, you know, a lot of the things we're talking about now are not things we'll be talking about the second week of September. We'll be talking about how the games are going and everything's perfectly fine. Uh, The public portion of negotiations, people are always the most contentious portion. Generally, behind the scenes, things are going much smoother. Although... This doesn't sound good. If you're out there listening to Stephen Holder, who covers this for ESPN, the situation is a mess and and people are angry. But, you know, things t- I, the, the, the big concern for me here or a concern for me is that Taylor's agent is not a, necessarily a sports agent. He's out from outside, you know, more of an entertainment guy. So I, I don't know if that lack of experience in the sports world will make a difference or whatever. It does not help having Jim Irse, you know, being willing to say whatever the hell he wants to say. Um, So we'll see. It it would it would be it would be it would it would be an impediment to to Richardson's development, though. I keep thinking, you know, I mean, thinking about opposing defenses having to make a decision at a mesh point between Richardson and Taylor is going to pose people some serious problems and open up some huge plays for Richardson if that's how it plays out. I think
0: it will play out that way, but definitely watching it. Yes, yes, yes. I've been a long time Michael Gallup for Cowboys. I've been a long time Michael Gallup fan. I think he's a little bit healthy now as wide receiver three. Tell me, would you rather have Michael Gallup? I, 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 let's talk. This is an NFL roster question. Okay. Not so much fantasy football right now. Would you rather have Michael Gallup in your team or Tyler Boyd?
1: I'm, I'm a little more into Michael Gallup. I think probably he's at a better point in his career than Tyler Boyd is. Would you rather have Michael Gallup or Jaden Reed
0: on the Packers? I like the longer term. I'll take the longer term outlook there. Would you rather Michael Gallup or Quentin Johnson? I'll take Quentin Johnson. Yeah, Come i in- going to figure out how to catch. <laughs> 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 no clapping. Uh, JSN was the next one, but I think well, that one's a pretty much uh, a toss. <laughs> uh,
1: honestly, I think JSN. You know, right now it would be an easy call for me. Just the, the draft capital expended, the direction that Seattle offense is taking. You know, I know Waldman and many others seem to think that this is the future. Cooper Cup in this in this offense, so yeah. I think it's entirely possible that that's you know I, it'd certainly be him over Gallup over the long term, but in the immediate short term, I think maybe we're overstating JSN's impact.
0: Probably, yeah. Any, Wendy says, does anybody want Gallup? I want Gallup. I try to get him everywhere. People, I think people when I ask people to trade before them, they think something's going on. Like, what do you want Gallup for? What you know? What like I know something they don't know, or that there's an injury concern or something like that. But no, I, I, if instantaneously, he's a great. if, if one of those two guys gets hurt. Uh, he, he, Michael Gallup would fill in fantastic on that team as, as a wide receiver too for the, for the Cowboys. Uh, so let's Dolphins. Raheem Mostert or Jeff Wilson on, on this team? Who's the better running mm-hmm. back? Um, right now
1: I'm going with the younger guy, Jeff Wilson. Yeah. Right. It's that simple. I, I like uh, it could go 50, 50. I've been investing. I've had, I've have a good number of shares of that backfield. Probably most of them are Wilson I mean, A chain <laughs> is the different piece, the you know the kind of piece that everyone's grabbing for. Uh, but I think Mostert and Wilson are perfectly suited to this offense, and until Dalvin Cook gets there, I think they'll both have decent games. Both the P-
0: show up. I get the PPR value of A chain, but I. yeah Jeff Wilson is such a talented butt back. I love Jeff Wilson. I wish that he really finally got a shot somewhere without getting hurt. But it is, it is what it is. Eagles is there's no way for the Eagles can lose the NFC East this year, right? Of course, there's a way they could totally screw this up. They won't, but they could.
1: I don't think so. I mean, you know, Dallas plays. You know, Dallas's defense is going to be an issue, and if they play as well as they can play, I mean, they can they can put up a fight. But I think beyond that, uh, it's probably Philadelphia.
0: The Eagles are that. Howie Roseman's doing such a good job in Philadelphia. He's it's fantastic. It's like something like somebody like somebody in your dynasty team who's just that much better than everybody else. Just you know, like a Sith Lord mowing through everybody. He's so good. Um. So, Falcons has Bijan Job has the Bijan Robinson hype train jumped the shark now?
1: Uh, probably, <laughs> right? I, you know, I, like I, I get that he's a generational talent and all. <clears throat> I've been banging this drum for the last month. You know, I mean, if you're drafting him in the first round because you're sure of that draft capital and and you like the offense and all those things, then 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 you should just say I'll take Jameer Gibbs in the fourth round, although it's moving into the third for the yeah. same reasons. So that's that's the direction i've been going more but but i don't i do get it like if you you know when you're drafting running backs that early nFL wise uh counting on a big workload is almost a certainty
0: long-term dynasty would you you're on the clock would you take Bijan or would you take cd lamb let's just say on a three start three oh, wide receivers Lam. start two running so would i i, I don't I, I get all these offers that, you know not take like Ceedee lamb for B, for Bijan and you know there's the still on the team they're gonna there's other things going on there i don't and I'm not a big humongous running back fan with a three- year window so I, yeah I I would take Lamb myself. That's thank you for verifying my 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 thoughts here. Uh, who do you like more in full PPR? Debo Samuel or Brandon Ayuk? Brandon Ayuk. Yeah, so do I. That's fantastic. There, part of that's the price, though, right? Because he's going later.
1: So sure. Uh, sure. if things were a little closer. I keep reminding people which Samuel scored more points last year in PPR, Curtis or Debo? And because I'm answering the question, the answer is obvious. It's Curtis. Right
0: giants was this contract good for saquon i don't get why he didn't just sign the franchise tagger you know is there some kind of golden handshake here that says they're gonna there's a long-term deal on the way a little more
1: Uh, you know honestly i don't know i don't think there is because i don't think any running back should expect that right now given the way the market's working maybe they've told him something and and i hope if they did they make good on it but 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 i just think they they juiced it up a little bit and made him feel a little better about himself and he had come to the realization that. Look, this is this is not changing. This is the situation I'm facing, and uh, you know this is still pretty good money, and it's in fact great money for running backs right now.
0: Yeah, they got to do something. with it. Now. I mean, they just signed a ten-year contract two years ago or whatever it was three years yeah, ago. Yeah, it's but-
1: not good for the CBA is not working in their favor. They, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't see a lot of options for running backs at this point. And you know, like I'm totally for everyone getting paid all they want. But if you think the the other players are going to get involved in this fight. Uh, they all know one thing, that when some group or some person is making more, somebody else is making less. That's just the right. nature of the game. We heard it in Dallas, we heard Jerry Jones yeah. say it was Zach Martin. I got to pay Michael Parsons, right? So, I mean, players understand this.
0: They do. They got it. It's, it's a tough pill to swallow. You got to take all that beating as a running back and then watch everybody else get paid. Right. I you totally know. get the argument. I mean, it's
1: true. You are You're punished for production, essentially. Uh, for being the most productive piece of an offense, essentially. Austin Eckler put it fast. He said, wide receiver three is making more money than running backs. It's true.
0: Yeah, it is true. I'd be pissed, too. Uh Jaguars. How big of a leap will Trevor Lawrence make this season in dynasty rankings?
1: Uh, let's, just say he's,
0: let's just say – let's put him at quarterback seven right now. Let's just say for like – which I think is too low, but, uh, you know –
1: I, look, look. I think I think you can make an argument to take him ahead of Justin Fields, pretty easy, right? I mean, I think I think probably top four.
0: That's, five. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I took him. About, I took. I just had a startup draft right now. A startup in person dynasty draft, and I took him ahead of Jalen Hurts. So I mean, that's it is what it is. It's,
1: yeah, I, I think his his long term ceiling is super high, and it's still an ascending offense. Love the coaching staff. Love the pieces they've assembled around him. Um, I don't know if I'd take him at of Hurts right now, but it's 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 probably closer than than maybe other people.
0: I just feel like Hurts is a good quarterback, but it, this you know he's it's like the it's like the car dragging the horse where Trevor Lawrence is the horse right. pulling the cart. You know he right. can make anybody look good because he's such a good quarterback. So that's it, it, when 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 you know if Justin Fields was was put on a team like the Eagles, I think he would have been really good last year too. But he's you know unfortunately got dealt the shit hand and you know he he suffered the consequences. But it is what it is. So. Uh, Jets, are you worried about Brees Hall's health with this, with all this Dalvin Cook buzz right now? Is there something we don't know that they're trying to bring in other running backs? No, I think we already
1: know that it's hard for running backs to bounce back from torn ACLs, even clearing torn ACLs. It's happened a couple of times. Guys have had really good seasons after that. Adrian Peterson, Jamal Charles. Come immediately to mind. Beyond that, it's it's hit or miss. Every player is different. Every recovery is different. I think his sounds like it was going well all off season. I'm surprised that Javante Williams is the guy not on pup right. of the two. So so yeah. And then their interest in Dalvin Cook tells you what you need to know. You know, I think on underdog right now, he's still running back eleven. That's too rich for me.
0: Way too rich for me. Lions by the end of 2023, Jamison Williams will be the wide receiver one in on, on the team. True or false?
1: I, I, you know, like I, you know, I, I need to see more. I'm going to say false until I see further evidence. I mean, and I'm not basing this on you know the news this week that he's having a rough start to camp, but it's been a hamstring issue. Uh, we've seen just we haven't seen enough of him, and sometimes you know the circumstances keep people from success. It seems like his circumstances, some of his own decisions, may be limiting factors. So yeah. I, I don't I don't have enough information to say that right now. I'll say with this right now in best ball drafts where I found. Like I was interested in grabbing him at a certain point late, uh, thinking, "Wow, I'll have a guy down the stretch. Maybe a big playmaker." I'm dialed off that totally.
0: That, that drops reports that are coming out are are very scary. They're, you know, yeah. I, I, tr- I gave a lot up to get James Williams in a lot of leagues, and, I, and now they yeah. see, like, what did he drop? Like three of nine passes they said last year. The, yep. uh, you know, it's like oh, I don't. I, and I love James Williams. I thought he was, but I thought he was the best receiver coming out of the out of the class last year, just from what from what we know as yep. far as that goes. But. Now I see Garrett's ahead of him and you know, a, a lobby it's, it's, yeah, it's a whole different story, but uh, Packers. Jaden Reed is currently the best wide receiver on the Packers roster. Not true. Don't say it. Not true. It, it, it's,
1: it's the athletic freak. It's Christian Watson. No, it's not. It is. <laughs> totally. is Totally. is the size like- There's two things you can't coach. You know this, John, what can't you coach size and speed? speed. Who has more of both of those things than everybody else on the team? Christian Watson. I mean, it, it, like he's a he's a big play waiting to happen. I, you know, technically is he the best receiver on the team? No, but the best weapon on the team for sure.
0: Best best ball receiver on the team. I'll put most it most
1: dangerous, way. most dangerous weapon on the team. Most and maybe dangerous. Romeo Dubs is ahead of, of
0: Reed. As far as like uh, you know, that's the thing. It's, it's either Reed or Dubs. They're both in for volume. I think they're going to get it. Right. But but yeah, it, it's yeah, I get it. I get it. I get it. it that's it's it's hard for me to. I'm a humongous Jaden Reed fan. So I'm I'm trying to. Push I'm not the against Reed them. Height. I'm just, (laughs) you got to watch. Watson is the different piece. Same question here. Panthers. Jonathan Mingo is the best receiver on this team of all the misfit toys. (sighs) Maybe, maybe it's Terrace Marshall Jr. Though I want that to happen. So bad. Everybody (laughs) does.
1: It's time for him. Right. I mean, like we all know what Thielen and DJ Chark are. So uh, I thought Jeff Ratcliffe had a great take on, uh, on Mingo. He's like, he's the, if you were like turning in a project to a teacher, And the rough draft was
0: LaVisca Chenault. The finished version would be Jonathan Mingo. (laughs) <laughs> yes, I, I heard it say that, but yeah, that's fantastic. Patriots week. What will Bailey Zappi be the Patriots starter? He won't be the starter. He won't be. All right. Uh, I get-
1: think I think with Bill O'Brien in there, with a competent offensive coach, uh, Mac Jones will be cobbling enough together to to keep the ball rolling.
0: Yeah, that's. Sorry, my wife just called my phone and she's on the, the do not disturb list. So that's uh, uh <laughs> she's on the breakthrough list. So the, of course the, she through. is. You're yeah. a smart man, John. <laughs> yes. Uh, the Raiders, are you trying to acquire Zamir White right now, or are you just expecting Josh Jacobs <clears throat> to show up for camp?
1: I am expecting Josh Jacobs to show up to camp. That doesn't mean I'm not trying to acquire Zamir White, who apparently looked very explosive. Looks really good. I think over the course of time, he'll be a piece worth uh, worth watching. But I think as long as Jacobs shows up, and I think he will. Again, got to come to grips with your value, and, and it might be, you know, a week before the season starts. Right? That seems to be. Talked to people in Vegas who cover the team on a daily basis. That seems to be their expectation. So, uh, I'll go with that. And, and and I think I'm, you know, you're getting a little bit of value on them right now. That being the case,
0: I drafted Samir White last year. I traded him away to get Josh Jacobs. I had an awesome. And now I'm trying to get Samir White back in the drafts, so I traded I away mean, Samir White too.
1: You know, all our levels of Josh Jacobs panic stemming from last year's Hall of Fame game went for what? I mean, I, and I do realize, you know, Dave Ziegler, Josh McDaniels, they come from New England. There's a history with running backs there. There's also a history of heavily using these kind of between the tackle powerhouses when they've had them. So uh, they obviously were willing to drive the wheels off him last year. I don't know why they wouldn't take that same approach this year since they're if assuming he's back. They're paying more for him. And also the future beyond this year is not good
0: yeah like and especially when you know what he could do you know that's right. the thing when you when you play when you ran him i mean we all watched those games last year where he got the ball 20 20 25 you know times a game and just he was a work i mean when he hurt his finger on that one i think it was thursday night football or sunday Monday night football and he came out the field for a little bit i wasn't sure what it is and then yep. he kept you know i was like oh no here it is that the gravy train's over with but uh, yeah he's
1: he is Played a stud
0: it. rams cooper cup gets traded by week what doesn't get traded the team is in such a like disarray. I feel like at some point in time they got to just say, "Hey, we're throwing the towel, guys. It is what it is." Like I
1: think like, they're, yeah, I think they're still stuck with Stafford. You know, for as long as Stafford wants them to be stuck with him for now. I mean, I, it's a too bitter of a pill for them to swallow. I, I don't know. I, I think they still want to at least be competitive. Maybe not. Maybe it's time to tank.
0: I feel like some if some team, let's just say some team that's in contention needs a. Uh, one of the, one of their top wide receivers gets hurt, and they, they're going to come knocking on the door saying, here, we'll give you three first-round picks for Cooper Cup. We're in, we're in a Super Bowl contention right now and pull a version of kind of what the Rams did last year, two years ago, by throwing the towel in and just going for the win. I mean, that's the piece
1: that's going to get them. That's the piece right. that the, that'll that get them value, so I get that.
0: Yes. Ravens, J.K. JK Dobbins will, will overcome contractitis and be a stud this year. Yes. Truth. True. Not a humongous Dobbins fan, but I I, I definitely I'm not see a, it happening.
1: I just drafted him in a, in a draft last night for this reason. I just think he's, you know, the people are overplaying the fears of the moment and we're getting caught up in the moment. And probably by the time it's week two again. This is the question I ask myself every time, John. What am I going to be talking about the second week of September? Is this story? And, and so we can use an example, a recent example. What were, what were we talking about in Buffalo in, in the first week of June? Stephon Diggs is unhappy. He's mad. He's angry. We're not here talking the damn thing about Stephon Diggs. It's Stephon Diggs is fine. Everything's going to be fine once they hit the field. Look, is he? Can he become disgruntled? Sure. He's the, he's a moody, uh, moody player, and you know, and obviously got traded out of Minnesota for a reason. So wouldn't be totally surprising. But I think these, you know, these flare ups that we get caught up in probably are something that we're not going to be talking about when the season starts.
0: Yeah, it's news hits and news articles, and like that. Yep. you know, something to create drama in the offseason, I get it. Yes. Uh, So every week we have to ask a Jameis Winston question. So this week's question is, why do the Saints hate Jameis Winston so much? Um, He asked them to.
1: No, I don't So I I just don't think he's as good as, I don't think he's, I don't think he's that good. I think that's the only problem. He's just not that good. He makes mistakes. Uh, He's not as athletic as some of these other quarterbacks that that you'll see out there. So I don't know if they hate him, uh, but certainly I don't know if there's reason to love him.
0: Yeah, I, I'm. I'm coming to it. I've always been. I, I've been. The, I've been the leader, the founding father of the Jameis Winston fan club, and unfortunately, uh, you am kind he, of seeing the writing on the wall. He was
1: my QB two in Scott Fish last year, so obviously, I, I was. You know, I was on the train with you. I was. If you were the engineer, I was the conductor on the on the Jameis Winston hype train. <laughs> Seahawks. Zach Charbonnet is a better all around running back than Ken Walker. Maybe. But I don't know that it, I don't know that it matters though. I mean we have a pattern here that goes back to Chris Carson. Pete Carroll loves the guy he has, yet he still drafts and invests heavily in guys to replace the guy he loves. And but he sticks with the guy he loves until that guy gets hurt and can't continue doing the job. So I think Kenneth Walker is the guy until he can't, but we'll see. They're both hurt right now so uh, who knows there's uh, an extra level of intrigue there but that's kind of i'm just following the pattern it was carson to penny penny to walker walker now to charbonnet and they tend to stick with the first guy until they can't
0: and the beat goes on i yeah i i'm a big charbonnet guy so i i like ken walker you know but I, again i think he is the christian watson of running backs so that's maybe
1: uh, he is and there's something to be said for that come on john own it
0: sealers <laughs> Jalen Jalen Warren and Jalen Warren in round fourteen is fine, but he's just a guy. Yeah, probably,
1: <laughs> probably just a guy. Um, he's a, he's a guy that Mike Tomlin either likes or likes to use as a motivational cudgel on Najee Harris. I'm not sure
0: exactly what it is. Yeah, he, he. I mean, he goes with a guy all the time. I, mean, I love Mike Tomlin, but he goes with a guy all the time. And it seemed like he just has people in the like, puppets in the background, threaten the starter all the time with, nice. you know, like kind of, yeah, I just, it drives me nuts, but I get it. Uh Texas scoring leaders, Stroud, Damian Pierce, Devin Singletary, Dalton Schultz, the wide receivers that there, and there's all the rest of the wide receivers is that, you know, is, is, is that a good thing that there's nothing else on the team besides a overrated tight end, I think, and Dalton Schultz, like there's not much here to work with
1: yeah yeah i mean you can work with damian pierce i think there's there's something to hang your hat on there's you know running backs on teams that maybe can play a little defense and i'm hoping miko ryans can get that sorted out enough that that the that they can lean heavily on the runner and you know they have the right coordinator in there we're bringing in bobby slowick from san francisco who you know we're hoping does this similar kind of offense and uh Damian pierce god bless him been studying his christian mccaffrey he's not necessarily christian mccaffrey but i but 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 if he gets the volume uh, i'll be super pleased with him and i don't know that devin sickle Terry's a limiting factor i talked to aaron wilson who covers that team for many years earlier this week and he thinks Stalt- schultz is going to get a ton of targets and uh and he's not so sure i'm like kind of like a you know drafting nico collins super late is something that i don't that i'm not averse to uh he's not so sure it's going to work out that way so We'll see. Maybe the maybe the passing attack is something to avoid as much as
0: possible this year. Nico Collins just went for an early second on my I mean, one of my dynasty leagues yesterday, which I thought was crazy. I'm like, what? No way. But Titans, Traylon Burks will score more fantasy points than DeAndre Hopkins this year. True or false?
1: Possible. Um I yeah, I don't so I don't want to go I don't want to go through because I don't know. I you know, in a PPR league, I think I think DeAndre Hopkins is gonna be very busy. Uh it's close, though. I think we're I think we're 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 downplaying Traylon Burks a little more than we should with the arrival of Hopkins. So I think is you know I went back and looked to get at an article by Doug Ferrar USA Today who did a nice film study and kind of sees the DeAndre Hopkins has morphed into that big slot guy, that more of a possession guy than a downfield threat, uh, that's his estimation. Uh, you know I've seen him still make some big plays downfield, but Burks is definitely that big play downfield guy. And look, remember Ryan Tannehill when he had a couple capable receivers has fared pretty well, but a top 10 quarterback in fantasy uh, as recently as 2020.
0: I'm getting all these garbage offers from my Ryan Tannehill that I kept for the last couple of years. And I, you know, he's not going anywhere. He's staying my roster. I'm not taking a fourth round pick or, you know, late third and, and some garbage players that are going to be roster mm-hmm. progress. I love Ryan Tannehill. And now he's, I we can I'm remember
1: up, past last year, people.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, when he was what number quarterback, like seven or seven, nine or something two seven, years ago. One, yeah. I'm I six. mean, that's, he's a good quarterback. I love, I'm a Dolphins fan. So I, when they drafted Tannehill, I was kind of like, you know, it, it's, it is what it is, you know, or uh, when, he, when he, when he went to Miami, I, you know, I thought that was a, uh, a, a fantastic situation, but I, I just, I don't understand why, why he, people don't like, or people think that he's so worthless. He's going to, he's going to play this whole year and probably half of next year too. I mean, at least uh, from what likely I see, to me uh, Vikings, Dwayne McBride or Ty Chandler is Madison's handcuff. Because I'm getting all kind of like these guys are just special teamers. Uh, Ty Chandler is not just a special teamer. Dwayne McBride is good, but he's he's not he's not that. He can't do this, can't do that. Like it it's just it doesn't matter. Just take either one of them and, and, and kind of. uh, um, I I'm kind of
1: I've kind of been avoiding all of them because I'm not sure which one it is, and so I I don't I don't know that I need to handcuff an offense that's going to throw the ball 65 percent of the time.
0: Yeah. Yes. I and get, if I you're do. like
1: if you're going to stick me to it, I think it's going to be Chandler. Uh, you know, Waldman's not big on McBride, uh, Nguyen-lu, more of a return guy and, you know, big play threat. So, I mean, I, that's probably the approach I'd take if I felt like I needed a handcuff, but I don't feel like I need a handcuff in an offense. that's going to throw the ball as much as Minnesota is going to throw the
0: ball. This is a uh, Washington football team or with the commanders or whatever are going to be called soon. Why am I so in love with Antonio Gibson when Brian Robinson will probably score the same amount of points as Gibson in PPR, <laughs> even in full PPR. <clears throat>
1: because we see what receiving backs can do in that Kansas City-style offense. According to Jared Kennan, it can be a lot uh, for at least narrow bands of time. I think, you know, we're hoping that they start leveraging his receiving abilities, which is something they didn't do early in his career under Scott Turner, which can't really figure out why. But because, I mean, Scott Turner's been pretty creative and done great things for the wide receivers there. I think a lot of the early success for Jahan Dotson, a lot of Curtis Samuel's success has come from having Scott Turner scheming them up. But a uh, whole new offense in there. And I think that's, that's the reason for it, right? We think that Eric, the enemy is going to, going to make better use of Gibson's talents as a receiver.
0: Turn him into Jarrett McKinnon or something. Yeah. Like exactly. Right. All right. So I got some, uh, just a handful of trades every week. I go through the trades that happened in my eight, Mighty England home league. So I know that it's just kind of like looking down a, uh, it's kind of with horse blinders on, not knowing the whole league and the whole schedule. So we're just going to kind of go through real fast. These are 12 team, 30 man rosters no kicker, no defense. PPR tight end premium, super flex dynasty. Uh, you know bonuses for 100 yards uh, rushing, receiving, that kind of stuff. You know, uh, so Zeke for a mid 24 third. Which one would you let, let her have? Uh, I probably, I probably take a shot on Zeke there. I would take the third, I think, but that's I'm, third, I, uh, I, If it
1: was
0: if it was a second, I mean, third seems a little hit or miss to me. Second would be a little bit of way of an overpay. if if That would be the case. Yeah.
1: Right. I mean, I'd stick second would be, you know, would be, would be, would keep me there. Uh, The third though, I'm a little more willing to part with.
0: Obviously the Zeke owner is the win now team. So they just, you know, okay. I don't want any picks on my team if I'm going to win now. So it is what it is. Michael Mayer and Zay Flowers for Kincaid, Jamal Williams, and Jalen Hyatt.
1: I'll take the three. Really?
0: Yeah. Oof. I like Kincaid, but Jamal Williams, I don't think he's gonna reproduce what he did last year. And Jalen Hyatt, I'm not a big fan of Jalen Hyatt. I never really was. I thought he's kind of a gimmick player, but you you know, a little bit of a different happened. piece in New York. That's the the only reason. Well, the guy that can't throw to him. That's the difference. You know, I, I don't We'll see. He's right. Rasheed Rice in a 24 third for Roshan Johnson. Mm. I'll, I'll stick with the Rice side of that. Okay. It's a toss up for me. I'm a big Roshan guy, but I, I also I do. like Rasheed Rice.
1: I am that's, a, that's a tough one. This was a it tough is. trade.
0: This is a good one. Div- okay, this was my trade, so it's a little bit involved. I'm winning now. The other guys in rebuild. So Devontae Adams, Darren Waller, and Derek Henry for George Pickens and Joku a 24 first and a twenty five late second. Probably it's my team second.
1: Um, your team is you. You you took Pickens and Joku and those picks. No, I okay, took Adams, uh, Waller, and Henry. All right, that's the, the like this is uh, this is the easiest one of these. Yeah, that's that's the side I'm taking that side. <laughs> Adam Waller,
0: and, I won the league last year. My team is pretty much. I, I, I had a couple draft picks. I did pretty well, on it. you know, I got some players that I wanted, uh, Jaden Reed and stuff like that. And then I added these three guys too. So uh, this is another trade I made. Uh, it's Patrick Mahomes, Juju, Cortland Sutton. Well, I just traded a bunch of guys away because I'm in. This is the opposite of what I was talking about before. I'm in the. I'm in the uh, sell my team away because I, I got to rebuild. I had to trade away Mahomes, Juju, Cortland Sutton, McKinnon, and Michael Carter. All that stuff. I got Trevor Lawrence, <laughs> Traylon Burks, Jaden Reed, Jonathan Mingo at 24 first and the third. Yeah, I'd have done that in the same spot. I that, I don't think the difference between Mahomes and Trevor Lawrence is as big as everybody makes it out to be. You know, it's like, no, you're you're you're, you're totally upgrade, or you're totally going younger with the receiving
1: assets and the pick. So I'm yeah, I'm totally on board with this.
0: Jacoby Myers for an early 24 third. No. You want the third, right? I'll pick the third. Yes, very good. All right, those are my trades that this week those are the trades that happened in my league. So i like to kind of do that kind of stuff. And then every week we're gonna finish the show out here. Every week we evaluate a team sent in by a Mighty McGlynn home league owner to decide if it's a simple remodel or a you know full-scale rebuild. What's the biggest needs of this team? When you look at this team, what direction do you want to go and why? What are your like if what are you trading if you're rebuilding? What are you keeping if you're contending? That kind of stuff. This team is uh, Tyreek and destroy. It's a three-one two dynasty gurus chapter of the Mighty McGlyn Dynasty Leagues. Lost in the first round of playoffs last year and then it's the 7th 8th place game so he got the 8th place game we we do it where if the if you lose that 7th 8th place game you get the lower seed so that's kind of how that works but uh he is a twenty twenty four. he has a 24 first and a fifth and all the future picks after that so let's go to this team i sent it to you but i don't know why i can't find this team right here right now let me pull it up on sleeper real fast sorry about the delay everyone so
1: All right. at Lamar Jackson, see. or no, I'm looking at the wrong team. I gotta get to the right team.
0: Yeah, so sorry about the delay here. I, I don't, I put here it is. So it's again.
1: Oh, yeah, I, I got understand. it. Lamar Jackson, Austin Jackson. Eckler, Miles Sanders, Tyreek Kill, Devo, Mike Williams, David Njoku, Jacoby Myers, Alan Lazard, Kirk Cousins, in the flex super flex.
0: Yeah, and then in uh, for the bench here, we got Tyler Haneke, Josh Dobbs, um, Tyler Huntley, right, handcuff. Alexander Madison, Devin Singletary, Kevin uh, Keney Nwangu, uh, Raheem Blackshear, Israel Abana Kanda, which I love. Not a receiving back, but still I love him anyway. <laughs> Mike Wilson from the Arizona. Mm-hmm. Curtis Samuel, Trent Sherfield, Van Jefferson, uh, underrated player. Isaiah Hodgins, Puka Dukua, uh, Latu, uh, Tyler Conklin, uh, Troutman, Brock Wright, Kate Otten, and then he's got Naheem Hines, who just got hurt. So this team is it's very top-heavy. It's uh the bench is not very deep at all. He's, he's got Tyler Huntley as a backup. And that's pretty much it besides which cousins and Lamar Jackson are very good quarterbacks to have in yep. fantasy football. So that's that's good. When he's got his running backs, we're talking about Austin Eckler and Miles Sanders. Eckler obviously is you know, he's pretty pissed at his contract this year. I wouldn't be surprised if he has some contract itis issues this year because he's trying for at least another year or two trying to extend his career. Miles Sanders and then uh his running backs besides that are he's Alexander Madison, Devin Singletary. Well, I think he's a little bit underrated right now. A lot of people don't like him. But I do as a just a, uh, you know, he's a good, he's a great flex player. Wangu Blackshear, who could be a good PPR guy. Kanda, it's going to take some injuries for him to be relevant. And then that's it for his running back. So we need some, definitely some running back help. <clears throat> I like my teams to be running back stacked with tons and tons of running backs. This is not that. And then he's got Tyreek Hill, Debo, and Mike Williams. Hard to argue with that. Receiving core, Jacoby Myers, Alan Lazard. <clears throat> Excuse me. Sorry about that. And then we got uh, Mike Wilson, Curtis Samuel, Van Jefferson, Isaiah Hajj, Kua, small dudes, Latu, and then that's it for the wide receivers. Troutman, right, not and don't do anything for me. And he's got Njoku on a team who was great until and uh until his value pretty much got with the eviscerated with the Elijah Moore signing. So what do you think of this team? I mean, he's got some good players on here. He's got enough to go for the championship now, or is he kind of like hey, he I, does. I, I, so this this is my problem with dynasty, though. I never
1: I never it's very hard for me to say it's time. Right, I need like I need trusted advisors to say, "Hey, it's time." <laughs> I mean, even when I my team is horrible, I can like I'm going. I can fix this. It's not. The, it's not a rebuild. It's not a rebuild. Even when it is totally a rebuild or needs to be a rebuild, um, <clears throat> I think he can win with this team. But he's got weaknesses. He needs to shore. So he needs to shore up the quarterback position for sure. Right. <clears throat> I mean, that's you know, and I don't know if he. I don't know. Uh, i think he can win with this team i would i would try to i would try i would totally try to win with this team i there's no no doubt about it
0: i think i would definitely the, be trading away some of these wide receivers and whatever i'll cut them anyway and trying to <laughs> try and hit the waiver wire which 12 teams 30-man roster is not much on the waiver wire but i'd be trying to get rid of some of these guys that aren't going to pan out like the brock Wrights. yeah the, I mean, you know that kind yeah, of stuff Brock i'm
1: probably going to get rid of trent shurfield i know the reports have been glowing like i might try to you know i mean like i'm not big on van jefferson i am big on isaiah hodge sorry um naku i think is a sexy name right in the moment but i need to probably see a little more so was van jefferson at one point so i mean he has some pieces to move but i don't know if he'll get anything back for him uh, he needs a quarterback is what is, is the piece he needs i mean it's nice having tyler huntley there but that's not a plug-in you know if something happens to cousins obviously so you need it you need a second quarterback and tyler Heineke's not going to cut it
0: yeah, he's bi weeks and one injury on in away from this yep. on this team. Right. Cool. That's
1: the problem. That's that that's the issue. He needs to he's competitive with a little bit of luck. He can he can remain in the hunt, but it's hard to count on luck. He's he would probably be wise to rebuild now and probably move like Tyreek Hill or something that he can get a huge haul for. I yes. think that's the player he might get the hugest haul for in the moment. Um maybe one of the quarterbacks, maybe. One of the quarterbacks, and specifically the one named Lamar Jackson, you're not going to get anything from Cousins with a with an uncertain future beyond this year. So, right. uh, probably the you know it's probably easier for me to say somebody else should tank than me, <laughs> but or somebody else should start the rebuild. The because <laughs> right. you know it, I just I have a hard time admitting acknowledging. Uh, defeat in that way, which it's not acknowledging defeat people. Uh, That's just, you know, you you have to look at it differently to to make it work. You have to realize that it's part of the cycle of dynasty football. It's just not the, it's just not the part of the cycle I'm good at.
0: And that's all you got to do is make the playoffs to win the championship. Right. There's only three teams to make it. Two teams yep. got it. so you're you're two wins away, you know, from from winning the championship at that point in time. If you three wins away from if you don't get a bye to win the win, the, it's three lucky weeks. Somebody you never know what injuries are going to happen. So yeah, it's kind of hard for me to, to it's kind of hard for me to throw in a towel also on these kind of leagues or my teams anyway. I've done it on one because I, I made some stupid trades that put me you know, in the hole real fast. A bunch of injuries, so I had no choice but to kind of start from scratch. But all of my teams are win now all the time and. Uh, you know, yep. when you try kind to of trust a group of advisors to tell you that, like uh, that made me laugh. That was best. I never heard that before. That was fa- absolutely fantastic. I need objective
1: observers to say, Bob, stop. <laughs> I need
0: intervention. Oh man, that's great. Well, this is the Commissioner Evaluation Show, Bob. Thanks for coming on today. I really appreciate all your uh, insight. And uh, if you want to let everybody know once again who didn't warn here in the beginning of the show, where they could find you at, what you got going on at football diehard on the
1: Twitter or the X, whatever you'd like to call it. That'll tell you everything I'm doing. You'll catch me on Sirius. Catch me on the YouTube channel. That'd be the one you want to subscribe to for free. Uh, go to the pro, go to the football diehard's website. Our, this year's magazines are out and they're pretty damn good. I'll have to say myself. Fantasy Football Pro Forecast, 34th edition, uh, longest running uh, published title in the land. Also the Football Diehard's Magazine. off if you use the promo code diehard so go ahead and get those If you get those you get the online service the premium service is part of that magazine purchase because we know it's a
0: magazine it's a snapshot in time people we wouldn't do that to you we've been doing this too long (laughs) absolutely wendy early said great show guys thanks for thanks for uh tuning in wendy (coughs) much much appreciated thanks toronto dave thanks everybody else thanks for thanks chris joel smith everybody else that joined in the chat here so Thank you very much. And thanks for being part of the commissioner evaluation show. This is uh, what I do for fun. This is my hobby. This is my, you know, what I, I, I wouldn't throw this to change this for the world, man. I love commissioning football teams. I love running fans football stuff. I love doing anything I possibly can for content. A little bit of articles once in a while, but you know, I podcast every week. This comes out week, probably twice a week in the, in the, during the season, but I'm always here, you know, subscribe to my commission evaluation on, on the, on the, uh, Apple podcast. And thanks everybody for tuning in much appreciated. And we'll talk to you later. This is the Commissioner Evaluation Podcast with your host, John McGlynn. This is Herms NFL who made this for me. He got the guests start.
1: on the Rolodex, stopping by to talk about some Dynasty Superflex. Everybody, yo, commish is in. It's time to sit down to listen to John McGlynn. Yo, who we trading, who we fading, who we getting off the squad? Now it's never overrated, playing for number one. And hey, yo, McGlyn is in, it's time to let the fun begin. It's the Commissioner
0: Evaluation Podcast with John McGlinn Thanks again, everyone. We'll see you next week. Have a good day.